Welcome to The Painted Dialectic. I'm your host, Josh Green, a painter and art educator living in New York City. And today I'm joined with Kenny Jordan again. We are continuing our series of dialogues on the elements of painting. Our goal is to create an original philosophy of painting from the bottom up. We hope to expand each of the ideas we present and provide new perspectives on old topics. And today I'm very excited we are going to do a series on color. And today we'll be covering the color red. I think this is my favorite group of dialogues that me and Kenny have done so far. And I think you'll really enjoy it. We go through the history of the pigments, what they meant culturally, and then me and Kenny, of course, take it into the abstract realm and trying to find an individual perspective on the color, talk about kind of a qualitative relationship to each color. So enjoy, and remember, don't just listen to the podcast, participate in it. Like, subscribe, share our content, leave comments. You can also support us at Patreon. You can go to the Painter's Dialectic and subscribe. We have different tiers of behind-the-scenes content. You can also support us directly through Spotify, through the donation button. This will all help us continue making meaningful content. You can check out our Instagram page at The Painter's Dialectic. Mine is Josh underscore Green underscore Artist. Kenny's is Crayola Sensei. You can check out my website, joshgreenart.com. And if you'd like to study with me, you can go sign up for lessons at greenatelier.art. Right, Kenny. I want to start a series on the colors. Go all the way through them: red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple. What do you think? Sounds intense. Don't don't get too excited, Kenny. Well, it sounds intense. Don't get too, it's gonna be intense. Colors hard. I think today we're gonna start with the most intense color, red. Okay. Okay. Talk yeah, about sure. some red. You look worried. I'm not worried. All right. I just speak what I know. Don't speak what I don't know. (laughs) It's the best way to do it. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So I've been reflecting on red. And of the colors, red has the most powerful effect on the mind. We associate it with violence, anger, power, Love, passion, victory, success. Just seeing the color red elevates blood pressure, enhances metabolism, increases heart rate, increases respiration rate. These have all been tested. Um, Why does it have that effect on us? And I think if we look at it from an evolutionary biological perspective, uh, most mammals cannot see the color red. They just see blue and green light. Okay? So most mammals just see the blue and green wavelengths, but monkeys, apes, and humans can see red. So because we can perceive red light, that means we also perceive orange and yellow. What about bulls? I don't know. I don't think so. Why do do we hold up red capes and yellow toro toro and they run at them? I don't know, but I don't believe that bulls can actually see red. Do we mean like 
they can't make out red like we can't make out red or they no like like so you have these cells in your retina called cones you have a red cone a green cone and a blue cone because those are like the primary colors of light like actual light if you have blue and green you can make all the wavelengths between there you can see those colors so most cattle most um, grazing mammals only see that. That's why, like, a tiger is orange. Other tigers can see that, but the grazing animals can't see it. It blends right in. And um, there are some images on, like, Google or whatever you type in, what do, how do cows see a tiger? And they'll completely disappear. Okay? So they cannot perceive that, just like, you know, some animals perceive ultraviolet light, like fish and birds. We can't see that. We don't have the cone <clears throat> to perceive that. So this is what y'all talking about when y'all be talking about aliens? Where did, where did aliens come from? What? How did you get aliens? Um, like not having the correct tools to perceive correctly, so either you see or don't see them. Sure, Kenny. I don't know. I don't know what okay. you mean about well, aliens, but let's bring it back to color. Like, well, most uh, people say aliens, and I usually hate that question. So uh -huh. I, was like, I was like, no. But go ahead. <laughs> Colors. <laughs> Anyways, there are people with four color cones. They're called tetrachromats, and these people can see in the ultraviolet. They actually see millions of colors that we can't see, and some of them paint. It's very rare, but... We just see those, there are people with color blindnesses that won't see reds, won't see that, or they maybe won't see like temperatures of those colors. But anyways, you know, most humans have the ability to see red, green, and blue light. And so the reason for this, the biological reason is monkeys, apes, and primate eat fruits. So we need to judge when the fruit is ripe. We need to see the, the red, orange, and yellow to perceive the fruit. Also to see the flowers that make the fruit, right? So within that canopy that a monkey would be in, this green canopy, all of a sudden there's a red fruit. If he couldn't see the red, it would have a hard time seeing the fruit far away. It would just be in the blend of all the green. But we're able to distinguish that easily that ability has been in our bodies since before we were humans. It's a long lineage with that, with being able to find food, right? So the red, these warm colors have an effect on us, and actually restaurants will use the red, orange, and yellows in their aesthetic because that's associated with eating. Another association with red from the biological... Well, you look... Okay, let's pause. You have a look on your face. What's going on? I only asked because I was like, um, I still think the color has an influence, positive or negative, on, on everyone, on all things. It's just, we like, um, we amplify it just because, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, that's more qualitative. I'll, we'll get to that. I'm just doing mm -hmm. the basic. We need to understand how red actually affects the most people, and then we can get to more qualitative stuff. So also red, red is the color of our blood. So we have this long history, all, all mammals have red blood, of that's, that color is associated with trauma, 
to the body. So being attacked by a predator, violence, war, injury, birth, these big events that can be life-threatening, that's why we see the elevated heart rate in everything with the color red, because you might be entering a fight-or-flight response when you're seeing that specific color red. Another interesting thing is, is red biologically in sexual encounters. The skin will flush with blood and shift towards red. The cheeks, the lips, even the sexual organs may become more red. So this may be why we have a link uh, to passion and sexuality with that color. Right? And actually, when they do studies, men and women who wear red are perceived to be more attractive than those in other colors. A woman in a red dress gets attention and is perceived to be more attractive than when she's wearing a different color dress. Okay? So there's this deep biological impact that color has on us that we're not always aware of, but if you study biology, you you can see that in, in you know, food industries and, and anything, you know, like cosmetics, um, fashion designers will take advantage of these colors to increase, you know, these things. Also in animal pigmentation, animals that display bright colors aren't trying to hide. They're not camouflaging themselves. They're telling you, I'm poisonous. Back off, right? So red is one of those colors. If an animal displays red, it's warning you that it is toxic, right? That you better be careful around me. So I think with that, you see a lot of colors like, like red will show up also with, in, for power. Think of the communist flag, you know, like the Soviets, China, um, a lot of people use red in their flag as a symbol of power. Even the power tie in business is a red tie. And in the Olympics, they did a study. They put some people in, I think it was fighters or wrestlers, something like that. They had a group. Some of them wore red shorts, a fighting an opponent in blue shorts. And usually the person in red shorts won more frequently the people in blue shorts. Maybe because of that perceived dominance. So it's interesting. There is a deep biological effect that colors have on us. So I'll pause there. What do you think about that so far? I mean, are we getting to the, you call the qualitative? Not yet. Not yet. Just what do you, what do you think about the biological? Does that, does that seem right to you? Does that, does that not correlate to your experience? I think those things correlate. I don't think all the reasons that support them correlate. Yeah. But there's definitely an impact, right? I mean, I think there's an impact on every color, but yeah. Yeah. Well, in short, I think everything has a relationship with red. It's, it's part of your biological makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, so therefore, I think it has no choice but to have an influence. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's definitely a powerful color. I, for me, all those things hold true. But it might be interesting now to jump in kind of like a history of red. I don't know if you're interested in it. Go ahead. <laughs> God, <I'm> kidding. <laughs> the enthusiasm. I'm not, I'm not quite sure if I'm like. I mean, our the history in red is just going to be how everyone used red. 
Go ahead. I'll just talk about some of the pigments we're painting. We we use very specific reds. And oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, one of the oldest reds is, is iron oxide. So actually, the iron oxide is actually what makes our blood red. The iron in our hemoglobin that, that binds with all the oxygen. You know, that same pigment was one of the oldest pigments in history. Um, they found it used in South Africa all the way back to 170,000 years. And they even believe that um, a red hematite powder in Beijing was used by, you know, pre-humans in 700,000 years ago. But what did you just say? Like the, 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 the hominid species that were before Homo sapiens, us, like Homo erectus, I think was in Asia. No, I, I get you. So the most, the most common pigments in the upper Paleolithic age were red, black, and white. So you see in the most of the, the cave paintings. Um, there's another red that came later on called matter. It's a, from a plant root. It's a red dye um, widely spread through Europe, Africa, and Asia. Another important red from the, the Neolithic era was Kermes. It was made from crushing up the females of a tiny scaly insect, okay, that, that lived on the sap of certain trees. The, Kerm, the Kermes oak trees would have this in the Mediterranean, and it made a really beautiful dye. The ancient Egyptians uh, would associate red with life, health, and victory. And they'd actually color themselves with red ochre during certain celebrations. And the Egyptian women would use the red ochre as a cosmetic to like a blush or a lipstick. That color was also used, I think, in henna. An, an important red in, in East Asia was lead red. So they'd make that particular oxide of red to lacquer all their, all their ceramics and... and, and bowls and things like that. Red lead was also popular in Prussia and Indian uh, in miniature paintings. So another very, very important red was from cinnabar. You've heard of cinnabar? Nope. It was a very important religious mineral for, for um, Western and Eastern alchemy. It's a combination of sulfur and mercury. It's extremely toxic, but um, it was very popular in, in uh, China. It's used, the, there's a variety of reds within it that are kind of darker red to a very bright red, which we get the pigment vermilion from. And that was probably one of the major reds in, in Europe as well, is vermilion, resource from China. But it was a spiritual color for a lot of cultures because that was the that was the Rubio stage, the highest level of alchemy, where the fire of sulfur, the fire of the mind, is mixed with the the spirit of mercury, right? So it was a very spiritual color. It was also a very valuable color in in both East and West Western traditions. Uh, today, vermilion's been replaced because it's so toxic with the less toxic cadmium red. Also in Venice, they had an arsenic red called Venetian red that was very popular. 
Another interesting red from history was from the Aztec Empire. So when Cortez landed and and went to the Aztec Empire, he he started, you know, taking that red from there and bringing it back to Europe. It was called cochineal and it was from a parasite that lived on a cactus. It dry it and crush it up just like the the Kermes bug in in Europe and it was such a beautiful intense red that the Venetians banned it from their city they didn't want to the the quality of their um their red dyes to go out of fashion but eventually the quality of cochineal red was so um popular that it spread through all of Europe all the big cardinals, you know, the bright red suit they wear, also bakers, courtesans, aristocrats, wore that cochineal red from the Aztec Empire. As, you know, there we go, we see red again as a symbol of power and status. Even today, you know, like I said, and I think a previous episode, it might have been temperature, I talked about the old master palette, included red ochre. You know, that ancient, ancient pigment, also yellow ochre, white and black, that has been the palette since prehistoric man, and the old masters used it in through temperature relationships between that red and ivory black. Uh, they were able to create senses of blue and things like that. And then the more high chroma it was, the more prestigious it was, you know, especially something as hard to get as the cochineal dye from the Aztec Empire it was very expensive, or, or the, the cinnabar from China. It became a saddest symbol, you know, that, that bright, vibrant red. And also these reds are very, you know, the cinnabar is very toxic, very poisonous. Um, just like the animals that displayed it, you know, on their skin as a warning. It's interesting. And, and today we have, you know, cadmium, uh, alizarin, all these, these reds, and they all have a different quality. So now we can get to quality. They have a different quality, different feeling. If we, if we shift the red towards white and it becomes a pink, that actually has a very calming effect. We associate that with, with uh, girls, you know, in our culture. Very calm, caring color. But when the red is in its intensity, in the midtone, the highest chroma, it's considered violent. I think that's interesting. And if we shift it towards the black, right we get sort of a rose color it's more romantic calmer deeper more profound uh emotions there so i think that's interesting that scale when we take it up and down the values changes a lot but temperature wise you know the different temperaments of the red and how they work together is also very interesting you know cadmium red doesn't play well with others it's a very intense red you mix it with certain blues, it makes it brown. Vermilion's a really fun red to use. It's hard to get today, but I, I got some of it when I was in Europe. A very beautiful, intense red. More towards the orange. Um, Alizarin mm -hmm. Crimson. I think that's a very nice red, but it just takes over. It's a dye. It just dominates. Just like the matter, all these lakes, the red lakes and things, they're, they're from plant dyes or, or, or whatever, and they... Completely, they get in everything on the paint. Mm -hmm. It's hard to separate them. So each pigment has this, this personality, this character, the way it plays with others. And 
probably the greatest red is the vermilion i'd have to say that's my favorite so i'll pass it back to you what are your thoughts on that on that history and interesting history <laughs> i mean it's history either you like it or you don't um i don't know what are your thoughts on red can you this is a transformative color. Every time you see red, something's transformed. What do you mean? I mean that, so, so instead of like being like anger, passion, aggression, and stuff like that, it, it, it seems like a, a baseline transformation. That wave or that spectrum, color is a signifier that something has moved from one state to another. In, in, in my mind, when I see red, I'm, I'm not sure about like anyone else's. Okay, I mean that's interesting. That's what 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 makes you associated with the, with the shifting states? Because if I look at it like across the board and all the spans that I that I've seen red, mm-hmm. they just seem to have that similar aspect in common. Hmm. So therefore, I just look at the most general principle to me that sticks out is transformation. Hmm. For me, red. I remember that was my favorite color when I was young. And I remember in like kindergarten, we had these sticks. We'd have like a rhythm time, you know, and then we'd, we'd do this, keep a rhythm together. But there's all different colors. And I remember there's specific red sticks, and that was my favorite. I'd always get those, but always that was my favorite color for a long time. And it just, it does grab you. You pay attention to red. You never miss a red, you know. Um, it, it jumps out. And it, it has an effect if it's a very intense red. The, the, the more subtle shifted towards the black or the cooler reds shifted towards the blue have a very mature feeling, a very antique, stable, maybe profound. It brings up those kind of emotions or responses in me, whereas the ones shifted towards the white, I take it's kind of shallow, like the pinks come up as very superficial and shallow. I think that's... For the culture and I think that's obvious how I get that association. But maybe like the really soft pinks where it's like almost white. I think those are very interesting. I like I like those. Those for me have to deal with very subtle emotions. Maybe an intimate emotion. But that's the qualitative, right? That's that's my qualia, that's my experience of the red. So your your pink is just as intimate as your dark vermilion, huh? No, I think I think the darker reds are more intimate for me. I think pinks are very superficial. Why but superficial? The, I just associate that with like Barbie and you know that kind of um, that kind of culture. Gotcha. The cons- so, I mean, the consumer. It's a very consumer culture around pink. Okay, so strip strip um, civilization away real quick and culture away look at pink and then look at that dark red and tell me how much of a difference in intensity is it intensity how what do you what type of intensity um if it's just intensity it's just ranging from high or low or from one side to another so is the intensity the same and does it just range in different areas on the like the qualitative effect on my mind um if if you if you can disconnect from civilization okay influence if you can't then i mean i i don't think i can but i can pretend to so <laughs> okay <gotcha. laughs> so let's just pretend for a moment that i can actually disconnect my culture 
Yeah, I think if I was to, to reconsider the light pink, right, the pinks that are very commercial, uh, memory-wise, you know, as a white person, those pinks are very important for the skin tone of my family, right? Or someone blushing. So maybe I would take it more there as, like, maybe more familiar or, or f familial or friends because they'll flush when they're embarrassed or flush when we're laughing together, right? So I think I'd associate it with that. And also maybe there's certain fruits, like there's nice pinks on peaches. And I love a good peach. So, you know, that, that might be another one. For me, other than that, it doesn't really occur in nature that much, you know, certain flowers, but mainly I think it's important for color for white skin. <laughs> I got you. Is that what you're looking for? No, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I was just wanting to see like where you would go if you just stripped that away. Okay. I know you have no problem stripping away culture. So what, <laughs> what would yours be on the spectrum of value and things? How would you relate to those? I think it's just as valuable as, I think the light colors are just as valuable as the dark colors. They're just as intense. I think the degree of where you feel the intensity is either more um, instinctual or or not. So the the deeper plusher reds you get around the midtones, those are more reactive. So you react, but then when you get into the the lighter tones, and we'll just keep it on red today, it it looks like just the 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 reactiveness or the reaction is just just further below the surface. So okay. it's 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 lighter. Um, so even like on my way to like separating or disassociating, you just may think of a, a girl. The passion for that little girl that's in my family um, is just as intense as the passion that I have for my partner. It's just it's at different areas to the point where it doesn't need to be so reactionary or so quote unquote aggressive. Are potent while on the surface dealing with a child it, it needs to be more tame softer or reserved or attention needs to be in another space which makes that color seem less or lightened because the attention is in another area so it's almost like you, you can make up the color pink or red when you deal with relationships mm. so the the transformation is there but it's the the lightness or the the darkness or of the value seems to be like the how and the how can is really close to the temperature all right so like a light red would be like like a caring for like children or something and then the shifting it towards the darker becomes more romantic is that what you mm, mean no just means more instinct like more more like um instinct so like so, so you say fight or flight you mm. say romantic but you you can say one of the most romantic thing is saving a person's life or giving your life for another person or for your partner or making a life with your partner either mm. way it goes those are those are high volatile situations right you just happen to love that aspect of that of that situation so it gets turned into romanticism. That's interesting. But it's still extremely transformative. 
Okay, so now I get why you say transformative. I get that. So maybe the, like you're seeing kind of um. Well, I usually think when I see colors, I think how did we make up and come to agree upon that color, let alone having the same abilities to see the same things. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like two sides of one coin, but it goes if some animals can't see the color but use the color then they're just on another side of the spectrum of the same coin. So mm-hmm. it was like, I don't see anything here that, because my, my question earlier that made me kind of want to go into just, well, let's see how we can separate all these things when you go into pink and red and stuff like that. It's funny when you talk about the animals, because it goes, well, some of the classified animals that can't see red, quote unquote, use red to show, quote unquote, danger. Mm-hmm. So it goes... I think it, it may it may not be considered as red for them. It may be seen as something. Um, what, what do we call this thing that we can't vision? It, it may be seen as something intuitive. So it, it's intuitive, but actuality, it's very practical. It's mm-hmm. just not in. It's it's intuitive to you because you don't have the practical tools to make it practical to you. Mm-hmm. So so I think. I look at the development of the the color wave red, and then I try to use it in that way. And I think that's where we get all our influences mm-hmm. from because it's it's tied into the same thing. But um, when you just have me sit down and look at red, that's how that's how I use it in my pieces. I mean, I I just looked in a crayon box and grabbed pink or red at times, mm-hmm. and when I went to put it on the canvas or the page, and I look back at like what I'm referring to, there's no red there. Mm-hmm. But why why I use red? It, it's like there's there's a motive or there's something moving or I want something to happen or something did happen there. So instinctually, I would put red there and it would be pink or dark red. You, you know what I'm saying? And this is mm-hmm. something that I learned to do when it's like, okay, I don't know colors, but for whatever reason, these colors work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's my view on red. Also, on a physics level, you know, red in the wavelengths of light, it's the biggest wavelength that we can see. That means it travels the farthest. So it carries through space very well because the wavelength is so big. It doesn't get bound up in little atoms in the atmosphere. So at sunset, when the sun is at the lowest point of the sky we can see those red wavelengths coming through the horizon, right? That's why the sunset is red. Um, We can see those really long wavelengths. So, okay, I think think we laid it out. Um, What what reds do you usually use? I use Crayola Crayon, so my reds (laughs) have different names now. <laughs> you know what? I hope the the dyes and those waxes are archival. Otherwise, really? yeah. What if they're not? I know a lot of the uh, the quinacridone dyes that aren't life fast, but um, yeah, I, I don't, that that never did matter to me. Remember, I was a guy that drew on newspaper, didn't newsprint, didn't care. I know. I think. I really love the the iron oxides. I like English red. I like Venetian red. I like, um, I use a lot of cadmium. It's very practical. 
But if I could, I'd use a vermilion. So maybe, maybe we expand on this um, and we try to understand red beyond, you know, we, we stated all the normal ways you could associate it with red, right? So maybe let's try to go deep in red because what's interesting about a color is it's not necessary for realism. What's necessary to make something look real is one, the proportion, two, the value, and then maybe a temperature, and you can get away with anything. But color doesn't really create the illusion. It's not necessary. But an object will have a local color and something intensely red, that is its local color. Mm-hmm. But um, it's not necessary to make the realism. Expand on color. Let's try to go beyond where most people end, okay? And let's try to penetrate the idea of red. What do you think about that? Take a stab at it. Oh, boy. So let's jump in red, maybe on the mental plane and the imaginal planes. So I think I think we covered the mental. If I, like, imagined embodying a red... I imagine the temperature of my body rising. I imagine myself being active, maybe aggressive, maybe losing control a little bit of, um, of my situation, maybe becoming more animalistic, more instinctual, maybe more intuitive, a vigor, right? An intensity of, of vivaciousness, right? Um, a loss of control. In the imaginal, I, I imagine red like that, or a danger, or a deep fear, or an uncontrollable desire, or an inner power. It's the beginning of what how I how I see it in the imaginal, right? Okay. Like, like if it was like a, if it was a state of being, that's what I would associate it with. Okay. All right, your turn. <laughs> red just seems like it. Um, and anything that happens to move by it, like eventually will begin to move on its own it uh, that's that's what red feels like okay give, give a little explanation it feels like something that would move on its own red seems like if change had to stop and change became its own entity then it would embody red hmm. that's where my mind goes so like big change all everything, the constant flux of change. If that universal change, if that had to be embodied in a color, it would be red. So then in my mind, as I drop down to when I hear like it's uncontrollable, anger, all these things, I just think that's like, that's like a point. It's like a point within the parameter or a point on the parameter or within it that's like, yeah, of course, because like red would have to embody so many different things Mm -hmm. um for it to recreate itself it would do that in so many other areas and so many Mm -hmm. other circumstances to the point where it'll eventually go through all the the different tonal expressions and of red and then some would be continuously changing in uncontrollable manners some would be continuously changing and like regressive things or you know all that can be seen as deep or i don't know it just seems like it's around or in 
so many things that I can't be on begin to count when I just go into the mental space and look at hmm. red. Yeah, I, I I see that now. It's so maybe like low entropy, something very cold, be a crystal, right? But red is high entropy. Things are pulling apart. It's chaotic. There's there is a sense of change of the the temperature rising, right? We associate it with the, the extreme end of the temperature scale, blue and red, right? So this is a, a, a temperature rising, transformation happening, action, movement. It's not a stable solid like maybe a blue would feel like. I I can get that. Yeah. I mean I mean like the more and more I keep looking at red. I'm starting to like slightly go behind color and they look like certain type of movements. I like that. I like that. So the movement, maybe that's what we can call the imaginal of red. It's like the movement. What's the color movement? It's high entropy. It's change. It's action, transformation. That's what it was in alchemy. That was the final stage of it, combining all these forces. Right? It's interesting. Uh, I, I can't go too much farther because the color starts to change. Or I go into the space where it gets really dark, but I'm clearly aware that red's not the only color there. Hmm. Hmm. But yeah. I don't know, but to to talk about it, how like it's directed on people's mental state, I guess, like that. How about um, this? How about this? When would you call on red in your mental studio or in the imaginal? When would you call on red to do something? When you're really still and you're confined. Right. So maybe you're in like a depressed state Mm-mm. or a stationary state. That's, that's other colors. I know, but you'd call on red to get out of that state. Maybe it's more extroverted then. Maybe it's more about being active in the world. Right, like going out. It's an extroverted color. Well, the press feels like a direction. It don't feel like a necessarily like color to me. I'm just working with it. We're no, it like what again. I mean, you ask, and then I automatically went like I keep I keep traveling in the same yeah. direction. Well, I'm when not... I th- when I think of the press as someone stationary, introverted in the room, probably lying in bed, they're not active, right? But then. So that's why I go to the opposite. Maybe maybe the, red is like a panic. Someone the, extremely energized. I don't know. I, I think the press people are extremely active. They're just not physically active. Mm. Okay. Like, they may be more active than you. Just in your head? Yeah, but it's internal. So if I'm a B internal, then it just looks like depressive people will just... I don't know. They're doing stuff like the next person are doing stuff. What I mean is, like, it's almost like uh, stiff, frozen. That's why I think to use red. And you could be stiff and frozen in depression, but that's the only time I get a, like, sense of color. Hmm. I just thought of a funny art historical moment. Go ahead. So there's, in in the Prada Museum, there's a painting by Titian or Tiziano, and there's a, right next to it is a painting by Rubens. So Rubens loved Titian, 
and he did a study of this painting of Adam and Eve. And mm-hmm. in Rubens' paintings, he, he was kind of famous for this, he added red parrots. Why? And I was sitting there like, why would he add the red parrot? What's going on there? And I think that red just brought a new energy to that space, right? It made it more exciting, raised your blood level a little bit. Because in the original, you know, there was like some tans, some pinks, some blues, some browns, some greens. But that bright parrot red, and it's a parrot, it's like flying, it's active, it's in the air, you know? He would do things like that. He'd throw in just an excuse for a red in the painting, just throw in a couple of them. But maybe that made it more extroverted, you know? He didn't just copy that painting. You can see he tried to improve it. That mm-hmm. was interesting. He changed the poses. There were a bunch of subtle changes to it. Maybe the parrot wasn't so subtle, but I don't know. I remember sitting there, but red was the thing I remember that he added red to it. He thought that was an improvement, energizing that space. Did he? I don't know. That's that's my imaginal studio gotcha. going. Nah, I mean, I think that's a good way to like look at it. Uh, I think that's a good way to like use it. I always just ask. I just ask Diddy just because, you know, that's what I would ask myself in my head. So it just kind of came out. But um, when I like, we we always go back to this. But when I would use red in the class, before I put red on the paper, it would be. I I think I would actually look at everyone in the class, and then try my hardest to settle on something that everyone could connect with. Maybe not necessarily the the square, but the red seemed like it was the most reactionary type of thing. Mm. But, and where I would put it at would help composition, but also it the how big or how small it would be wouldn't be because of the composition. It mm-hmm. would be because of the strengths or the weaknesses in the drawing that I had. Mm-hmm. So however small or how big and however intense the red was, because I didn't always use one color for red. Sometimes I'll mix other colors in that red and then put it up. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's almost be like something to relate with, but not but not blue. Almost almost to relate and feel. So it's like mm-hmm. the, the opposing relationship to the point where everyone can personally feel something. You know, it's actually interesting. You know, we just said this, but now that we went through this imaginal thing, it is the color of revolution. Is it? The French uh, revolution, socialism, color was red. The Soviet flag was red. You know, the you know, all these all these important revolutions use the red as as a sign of like this extroverted transformative force mm-hmm. this energy this uprising this entropy point where things are boiling over you know and the the uh the the crystallized power structure is now decaying and giving way to something new it's pretty interesting so maybe there is a really deep sense of red in there like that movement the movement of red yeah, I th- I, so there we go. The movement of something is probably red, not the movement. The movement of something is probably red. 
red is a stroke. It's a quality of a stroke, a quality of a line. Like when we're thinking of a sequence of something acting out in time, if we make that line red, then we know that it's this type of energy, transformative, extroverted, change, right? Power, danger. So if we add that quality to a stroke, it then carries that energy with it. Yeah. Or a shape, right? If we added that to a shape, something with these points that's contained, maybe it doesn't feel so stable. Maybe it feels like it's going to burst, right? Trying to contain all that energy, that red energy. That, that makes me think of something slightly different, but I'm, I'm agreeing with that. It's just pressure doesn't feel red. Okay. What's it feel like? Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like red. Maybe it feels curved. I mean, that has something to do with it. I definitely can't get a color from it. But it, it colors are there. I can't distinguish a color. How about that? Well, maybe that's an ex, an expression of the degree of the pressure that's building up. At a certain gotcha. degree, it becomes red. Gotcha. Right? All right. Now... Oh, okay. Okay. So since you said that, that's not what I get. Okay. When, you say, when you say it builds up, it, it, all I see is a red line, like from the beginning to the end of it, just through it. Hmm. I, st- I still don't see any red at the pressure release point. <laughs> all right. Now I ask but, you, is there a level? Is there another level to this? Can we go any deeper or do we... I mean, I mean, you can, but you're going to get behind colors, but you can't, you can't be talking about just one color. I think you can, I think you can go a little bit further, but I think you have to have access and not have limitations on talking about the colors. Well, maybe that's it for now. Maybe we'll just let this one kind of simmer and we'll go into orange. Or actually, should we do the primary colors and then do secondary? I mean, doesn't doesn't matter to me. I I I understood what primary colors truly for myself after the fact. As much as someone told me they were primary colors my whole life, it goes they didn't they didn't internally hit inside until I used them for primary and secondary reasons. Mm. I think I think I think for me, it'll make more sense to me to do primary. Because it's a blend. So how okay. about, let's do yellow next. You're not going to get a whole lot of yellow. What do you mean? Yellow's you're, one of my favorites. Yeah, but you're probably going to have to go through orange to, to back to yellow or something. I don't know. Let's let's try it out. I, I think yellow. Because you're going to end up saying, like, since red was already a topic, and we're, we're going to refer back to this. You gonna you gonna we're gonna talk about yellow, but there's gonna be a whole bunch of orange shit in between that we're either gonna save for another episode or we're just gonna like like can't help but talk about it. Okay, what if we do red, yellow, and then orange? That's cool. That could be interesting. That's 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 cool. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you to everyone who listened today. A big thank you to everyone supporting us on Patreon. If you'd like to support us, please click on the link and choose a tier to subscribe. We have behind-the-scenes content. And if you'd like to study with me and Kenny, go to Green Atelier.
lessons.art and sign up for lessons. And remember to be critically creative.